my name is Gustavo Reyes. I'm 38 years old. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Okay. And you, what's the name of your business? Business is Simply Natural Wood Rings. Okay. And you've been doing this for how long now? I've been doing this for about three years now. And you're talking about Rob at Etsy. Rob at Etsy, yes. And, and so he kind of got you, your, your business going? Yes. He's, he's the one that did by putting by featuring me, he encouraged me to, to follow it and while others in my family, people around me, were kind of in a discouraging mode. Like, he, oh, you can't really make Yeah, it was money. kind of a negative thing, but I think he allowed me to grow in, in the sense that he didn't see it, he didn't see it in a capitalist sort of way. I think he just saw the creativeness and the art. sanity well another week has flown by and i got the podcast done it's going to be a good one i enjoyed it this week well i enjoy it every week but this week it was particularly cool because we're going to get a chance to go behind the scenes at etsy that fantastic place on the internet where handmade goods are bought and sold by creative people from all over the world this was the brainchild of a guy named Robert Kalin, and he cooked it up with Chris McGuire, and they built the site along with Haim Skopik and Jared Tarbell. Also, you know, joining this team of four, this fierce foursome here, is Matthew Stitchcomb, who handles all the marketing and public relations. There are also a couple other people that are part of the team of folks that are helping these guys out uh, make this Etsy reality, and you'll hear a little bit about them during the interview. But uh, just a few facts. Etsy was launched on June 18th, 2005, and... It comes from the French word for checkmate. The coolest part about this site is that anybody can sign up, and as long as you have a way to get images, either take pictures and scan them into your computer, or you have a digital camera, take pictures of all the things you make, post them up there for a minimal charge. The cool part about it is, I mean, it's like a giant mall of handmade goods. So everything is just a click away, and you'll have a choice when you go on at any given time. There's approximately 200,000 items for sale, and over 160,000 items have been sold and there's 90,000 registered users and 23,000 of those are sellers so if you want to get involved in selling you know this is a show that I hope you'll find informative because not only does it tell the story of how this fantastic site got started but it will tell you what you need to know to get your stuff out there I'd like to get out there and start doing this again because it's kind of cool because you don't have to have a whole table full of stuff you can just have one or two things and you know, at a time and just put them up there and if someone buys them, great. And if not, not a big deal. And you didn't waste your whole weekend sitting at a table. I like it. I like this concept. <laughs> so what I encourage you to do, if you don't know what Etsy is, I'm assuming if you're listening to the show, you probably do. But if you don't, don't feel bad about yourself. Just head on over to uh, Etsy.com, E-T-S-Y.com and uh, check it out. So anyway, without further ado, I want to get on with the show. I do want to remind you guys that there's still time to get in drawing for Melinda Barta's Hip to Stitch book that I talked about last week uh, when we did. I did an interview with Melinda, and we're giving away two copies of her book. So uh, stick around at the end. I'll give you some more details about that. All right, let's get to it. Here's Matthew Stitchcomb giving us the inside story of what it's like to be part of Etsy. And so if you can maybe give us a little bit of history of Etsy. It all started actually with Chris McGuire and Rob Kalin. They both went to NYU together and uh, built a site uh, called Get Crafty, which is pretty well known 
website for crafters. Mm-hmm. And um, in the process of building that, they saw that a lot of people were using the forums there to put up pictures of things that they'd made and talk about them. And they realized that there really wasn't a place both for people to have a, you know, build a community around what they were making, but also a marketplace for them. So kind of arbitrarily, they said, well, we'll build it. We'll just, you know, see what happens. And they, they really didn't know what they were doing when they did it, but they just kind of worked very hard on it. And in about three months, uh, they built Etsy. Uh, they brought on, I should also mention that they brought on Haim Shopik and two who they also knew from NYU, and the three of them together built Etsy. Did they start this after they graduated, or were they still students at the time? No, they graduated, but they started a company called IOSpace, and they were doing web design for people and realized very quickly that they didn't like client work so much. They're kind of free spirits in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they just decided that they would build their own, and they got a little bit of money from some angel investors and some friends, you know, just enough to survive while they built Etsy, and, you know, it just kind of took off from there. Do they study computer science? What kind of background do they have in technology? Uh, well, Haim and Chris did, certainly, studied programming. And as Haim said to me before, he was kind of born with a computer in his hands. He, uh. them. <laughs> he actually built all the servers that Etsy's house on. So okay. he literally actually constructed Etsy, you know, the, <laughs> the, the part that stores Etsy. Wow. Um, and we all went in, into this data center in New Jersey and wired Etsy by hand. So in the way, the site is handmade, too. And Rob, no, Rob is a fine arts background. He was in a program called Gallatin. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm actually not, so if you want to explain a little bit about that. Sure. It's kind of like an individualized major program, from what I understand. You kind of design your own major, and you take classes at all different branches of NYU and do independent study projects, and it's it's very free form. And I think that suits Rob very well because he's, he's the real idea man, you know. He's always got a something that he's, you know, he's very cerebral about those kind of things. And so I always got something he's working on. <laughs> so he got crafty and then Etsy kind of grew out of training that he had just to kind of pursue ideas he had and develop them. And Yeah, I think he kind of said, I want this and this and this. And then Chris <laughs> and Heim were like, well, you can have that and that and that, but not that. <laughs> and uh, I think that's kind of the way it still works now. We all, everyone, there's seven of us working at Etsy now. Tell me how old the three founders are. They all met at NYU. I believe that they're all 26. Okay. You know, they're around there. I think high might be 27 or something like that. And so they're all contemporaries in, the, in school at the same time. Yep. Kind of emerging with this idea. And so w- at what point did you come on board? Um, well, I came on board actually kind of before it launched in, in, in a slight way. I, I helped Rob kind of brainstorm about the site. We were neighbors and friends and um, played music together and whatnot. And I was actually at the time in, in a full-time band. That's what I was doing. But while I was on tour, I would kind of write up notes about how I think, you know, Etsy should be marketed or ideas of how it could work. At that point, we were still discussing whether there'd be auctions or a lot of things about the site hadn't been decided. I went off on tour, and then last December, I decided that I didn't want to be in a band anymore. And Rob had, uh, in the time before that, said, well, if you ever leave the band, you know, come work at Etsy. And so uh, I decided at the end of December that I was going to leave after eight years in a band. That's a major decision, too. Yeah, it was. Well, it was, you know, it was a hard decision, but the time had come. I mean, it was a it was in a band called the French Kicks, and uh, they're still they're still at it, and they're on a major label. And you know, we had kind of brief moments of success, 
enough that we would travel around the world and we're always on the road and making a living doing it. But, you know, I, at that point, was just about to get married. I kind of was tired of it and not inspired by it so much anymore. And Rob and I actually had, had at, in the same time, too, started a screen printing business together on the side. And that was also, we kind of had a plan to incorporate that into Etsy in a way that we would be doing all the promotional materials. We'd be printing ourselves and selling merchandise to raise money for marketing. And we did all of that stuff. And I still actually print a lot of the stuff that we use to promote Etsy. But anyways, I left the band. I started at Etsy full-time on February 1st, and uh, that's it. The rest is history, huh? The rest uh, is rock and roll. <laughs> Not rock and roll history, I guess. What, <laughs> did, what did you play in the band? Were you a singer? I played the guitar. A guitar, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Etsy is how old now? Etsy is just over a year old. It turned one at the end of June. And it's amazing in just over a year what has happened. I mean, because everybody knows Etsy. You go to any kind of art show, people are like, oh, yeah, my Etsy shop. I'm interested, is Rob, does he sell stuff on Etsy too? He has sold one product on Etsy, and it's actually the highest price. I guess maybe not anymore. I'm not sure. But at the time, it was the most expensive item ever sold on Etsy. And how much was that? It was uh, about $2,500. Wow. And it was a computer that he built by hand including a wood case and a plastic covering. It's really beautiful. Wow. And, uh, Who bought it? Was it a gallery of some kind or a person? Uh, it was a restaurant in our neighborhood in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. They had a kind of like internet cafe component to it, and they used it as one of the computers there. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it's really cool looking. So that's Rob's only product in, that he sold on Etsy. Yeah, and so how many hours are you guys putting in? Right now, it's pretty insane, especially for Haim and Chris and Jared. I should also mention Jared Tarbell, who joined just after they got the site launched. He's the one who built all the, the flash features of the site, the color picker, the geolocator, the sampler, the treasury. Uh, he's, he's a really amazing and incredibly talented person. I'll say, because I was looking at, I mean, you can spend hours just looking at all those great features. I mean, you can click on, like I clicked on Michigan to see. I was amazed. I mean, there's just tons of stuff and such variety and such a cool feature. It looks like yeah, it took forever to build something to make that. He's a constant source of wonder. He's out in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and he's always kind of, you know, the way we communicate during the day is via instant messaging. Okay. Everyone at Etsy is online all day. And Garrett will pop up, hey, check this out, and we'll have built this entirely new, you know, feature of the site. <laughs> <laughs> Quietly. You know, and it's like, I'll post something in the chat rooms or something and have some users come test it out. So there's, there's just these amazing ideas that he has, and, you know, I think he's probably the only person in the world who can execute them. Is he part of the NYU group as well? No. Actually, the this, this story of Jared is, is really interesting. Rob was just a fan of Jared's work. He saw uh, a website that Jared had created and had read about Jared. And in an interview we read with Jared, Jared had mentioned Nikolai Tesla, who Rob was very interested in at the time. So Rob basically sent Jared a fan letter and a book about Nikolai Tesla and said, I'm building this site for uh, non-mass-produced goods. You know, are you interested? And basically Jared's like, well, no, not really. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I learned later because he didn't think that Rob would ever get it done, that it was just a, a kind well, of yeah, you have some, idea. You have some like artist guy who doesn't know a lot about computers saying, yeah, yeah I want to do this thing. Yeah. So, exactly. so Jared just was thinking it was not, it was going to die. The, the yeah, idea it was, was never going to happen. Yeah. So. But anyways, it turns out Jared was speaking at a convention in New York, and I think Rob offered to let him stay at his place in Brooklyn. And uh, Jared took him up on the offer, and while he was there, Rob's like, well, look, we built it. You know, here, this is Etsy, this is the thing. And he's like, okay, I'll work for you. So 
Wow. He came on and immediately transformed the, the whole nature of the site. Well, it sounds so. like Rob didn't give up. He, yeah, he wanted no, this guy I, on I'm board. Glad, and he, I'm glad he didn't. Well, I think everyone's glad he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the stuff that Jared's been able to do is uh, fantastic. So that's no, really... That, it's, a, it's really amazing. And he's actually, interestingly enough, I've never met him in person. Uh, but I, I really like him a lot. <laughs> just uh, just chat with him uh, via instant messaging. But we're all going to meet actually uh, next week in New York. The whole oh, really? Coming together. Oh, that's awesome. And so yeah. is it all, is, you said there's seven people. There's seven people. Now, who did we, I don't think we talked about all seven here. Uh, there's Haim Shopek, who I mentioned, who's one of the, the three original founders, um, and Chris McGuire and Rob Kalin. Haim does all the kind of, I'm going to get the technical language wrong, but he basically makes Etsy work, the programming behind it. Mm-hmm. Chris does all the HTML that provides the framework for all of Heim's programming. Rob does all the design. So those are their uh, three roles there. So the way it works is Rob will build a screen, uh, Heim will figure out how the back end of it will work, and Chris will build it. Then there's Emily Bidwell, who is a friend of mine from Washington, D.C., who works uh, the screen printing with Rob and me, and she handles the customer support right now, which is an ever-growing job, so we'll, we'll probably be bringing another person on in that area soon, and she does an amazing job. There's uh, Simon, who I've also never met. He's another programmer up in Canada. I should mention, too, that Haim is in uh, Jersey City, which is very close to where Etsy is actually housed at a off-site uh, server facility. Okay. Um, Chris is in Philadelphia. Emily's in Brooklyn. Uh, Rob and I are technically in Brooklyn, so we haven't really been there in a long time. <laughs> And Jared's in Albuquerque. Then we have a board of directors who also work pretty closely with us. Um, that's Katarina Fakes, who founded Flickr. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wow. Albert Wegner, who was the president of Delicious, and Rob. They, they are board. So they'll, I don't think Katarina can be there, but Albert will certainly be there when we have our meeting next week. So what are you guys going to do when you get together? Well, we're actually going to look at the new version of the site. I mean, we know what it's going to look like, but we're going to start testing it and uh, discussing it. We're about to do a, a new launch of the site. We're not quite there yet, but uh, there is a lot that has been completed. So we're going to start just going through that. Also, just getting a chance to spend some time in the same room and share ideas. I'm going to be talking about you know, our holiday marketing plan. And yeah, I think it's also we're going to go bowling and eat a lot of food. I think <laughs> it's kind of the plan. It sounds so, really fun. It's yeah, fun. I think it's going to be really fun. And so you talked about a lot about everyone else's role. Now, are you the marketing guy? Is that your function, your main job? That is my function. I also do a lot of kind of community coordinating, which is, I think, kind of goes hand in hand with marketing in a, you know, in a traditional sense. But yes, I do also kind of our PR. So I, I reach out to TV and magazines, and the press in general, as well as doing the street team and the mentoring program and you know, supporting people on their off-site ventures to craft fairs, things like that. So we just try to basically give the community as many uh, possibilities to meet up offline or communicate with one another because I think it only helps us and gets people talking about the site and, you know, strengthens the bond on the site. And the, the bond of the, of the Etsy community is really just mind-numbing. I've, I've never seen anything like it. It is unlike any website I've ever worked on or heard of. Well, it's, it's really interesting because it's high-tech and homemade. I mean, mm-hmm. and you're talking about you guys wired. I mean, even are in there doing wiring for the servers and all that. I mean, that's that's pretty. I mean, a lot of people hire someone. They don't, you know, really even pay attention to that. But it's literally built by hand, and it's really 
awesome to see that kind of juxtaposition of handmade goods and high tech. A lot of times people aren't linking those, but it's becoming more and more common. I know Craft is coming out soon, and mm-hmm. that's from the folks over at Make Magazine. And uh-huh. uh, it's really interesting to see more that this kind of convergence of high tech and still handmade and, and hanging on to those ideals and principles. So do you guys have time to make anything like for yourself these days? I, I don't as much as I'd like to. For a, about a week somewhere uh, in the spring, I was selling shirts that I made, but I'd already printed those before. I've got a million ideas, but it's, it's just, there is so much work right now that it, it's hard to do it. But yeah, I mean, I think everybody who works on Etsy is a, a very creative person in some way. I mean, and even, you know, the code that Jared and Heim write is, is handmade. You know what I mean? They're they're writing these incredible scripts, and you know it's as intricate as like a complicated knitting pattern or something like that. It, it really is amazing, and I, I think you bring up a good point by talking about how well even the the website is handmade, and it is. And I think we're kind of like a ragtag, you know, bad news bear team. You know, <laughs> like we've got a lot of heart, and we really we really all put our hearts into this. Like this is the handmade thing that we make. You know, and yeah. I think everybody who works on the site is really invested in it you know in so many ways like it's pretty much all that any of us do right now but it's exciting and we're proud of it and how many hours are you putting in each day uh, well right now i'd have to say the the award goes to chris and heim who you know we, the other thing about the im is you can tell who's at their desk at any given time you know who's who's around obviously people work offline too but i'm a very early riser so i get up and I work early, and Haim and Chris are usually up from the night before. So, oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> so I'll say, I'll say, you know, good night to them, and kind of start over on the morning shift. So, I'd say they're. I don't know when they sleep. They seem to be working constantly, but everybody on the site, I'd say, you know, puts in at least ten to twelve hours a day. Wow. Funny thing is, too, no one ever really even knows what day it is. <laughs> it could be Sunday, you know, they'll be working. You know, there's just there's just so many little components of it and we're also really adamant about keeping up with customers' needs and posting in the forums and listening to what they have to say and making sure that their emails are responded to and everything like that because Etsy is really nothing if not for our users mm-hmm. and in a way it's kind of like 20,000 small brands that make up the one big brand and I don't know, it's they kind of decide how the site is going to evolve by what they sell on it and who comes to sell on it. So that takes up a lot of work, and everybody does that, regardless of their function. So anytime, like, say, okay, I sign up and I set up a shop, what goes on behind the scenes when you get someone who's registering and they want to start posting their items? What kind of stuff do you guys have to do behind the scenes to make well, that nothing, happen? Well, nothing, I mean, Is that all automated? Per se, yeah, that's all automated. Okay. It's not like we're, we're going in and, you know, manually typing in your username and, then we would never be able to do anything else. Okay, because I was trying. I was hoping that that was. <laughs> Can you tell that I have limited knowledge of how this works um, as far as behind the scenes? <laughs> uh, I mean, there is a lot. There is a lot that that that's probably automated on other sites that we do ourselves. Every single morning, I pick out the the featured items. Usually, me. Sometimes, someone else for the front page, or uh, we have to put up the featured sellers. Anything with the street team is all manual. A lot of stuff that we thought of. There's going to be a lot of improvements in the second version. And we're going to have a little bit more capability with our on the admin side of things. But as it's kind of grown and, and evolved, it's moved in directions that we didn't necessarily anticipate when it was first built. So essentially, with the launch of the second version, the entire site has been rebuilt. Wow. So it can be scaled and it can be altered without... Even right now, like adding a, a simple text message on the page is a huge undertaking. 
So, it, you know, there's definitely a lot that's going to improve on our end with the new version. And then when will the new version be available? I mean, when will um, you have that go live? I can't, I can't say for sure. It's certainly before the holidays. All I can say is that they are working around the clock on it right now. Okay, and this will be seamless for people that are registered right now. They won't, yep. they won't have to re-register or anything like that. There's going to be, uh, I think, probably one day, like Sunday, beginning at midnight and going on a little bit, where the site will come down completely as it's actually like physically moved over to the new servers and everything like that. Okay. But, have you ever taken the site down before? Uh, <laughs> not intentionally. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, as as we are, you know, as I described, it was kind of like a, you know, we didn't really necessarily know what we were doing. I mean, the individuals working on it are incredibly talented, and they knew what they were doing, but, you know, they never expected that they'd be getting this kind of traffic or you know, this number of people that are coming here each day would grow so quickly. So there's been a lot of issues with scaling the site. If you can imagine, there's hundreds of thousands of products on the site. Each one has three or four images. Just the amount of bandwidth to call up all those images all the time is amazing, you know. So there have been a few times where they've had to take the site down at night to do maintenance on the server, and that's usually Heim and Chris in a data center in New Jersey at about 4 in the morning, you know, patching cables around and, you know, it's, it's pretty intense. One of the big improvements of the site with the new version, besides you know new features and things that will be added, is the fact that it, it can scale now. It's going to be able to handle huge amounts of traffic, and there's going to be a more efficient protocol for calling up images and, and things like that, which I, I don't understand the specifics of so well, but Chris and Heim seem to know what they're talking about, and uh, I think it's going to make their lives a lot easier, ultimately. Well, hopefully. So I don't, I don't yeah. foresee them getting any rest anytime soon. Oh, boy. Well, yeah, hopefully they'll get to get to sleep a little bit after Christmas or something, you know. Yeah, um, well, we already have a, we have a, a whole list of things that are next on their list. So. <laughs> wow. Do you remember what the first item was that was sold on Etsy? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I actually think I had the second shop on Etsy outside of Rob where I was selling this one Jimmy Connors tennis bag. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll have to ask Rob. I don't know what the first item sold on Etsy was. And the fun thing is we can see the stats, you know, going back to the first day. And it's amazing, like, wow, we had 13 people sign up today, you know, or like, we sold 12 items. Yeah. And, you know, now it's just amazing how much it's grown. In how many year. items do you sell a day? It really uh, varies from day to day, but uh, over 1,000. Wow. Up from probably about 100 at this time last year. Wow. And the cost for Etsy, I mean, let's just go over that. A lot of the people are going to know, but the flat fee. I should mention that that the, we are going to be raising the listing fee with the new version. Okay, uh, and so what will it be? $0.25 cents per $0.25 item. Cents per item. Uh, okay. We're still debating whether it will be a tiered system or not. It's not a huge increase, but, I mean, just like I said, the cost alone to house the site is unbelievable. So, and we're hoping that it might, you know, encourage people to raise their prices by 15 cents or something like that. So I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to affect them too much, but uh, it's something that we have to do. But we, we still will remain at only 3.5% commission on a sale. I'm trying to imagine like, all the work you guys are putting into this. You have a staff of seven people now. Is Etsy supporting itself? I mean, I, I have no idea, like, how much um, you're taking We're not in. profitable yet. So and how do you guys, how are you guys surviving? We took some investment. Okay. Okay. Um, so you, are you being paid a salary? Like, uh, are you guys being paid to do this job? We're being right paid. Uh, no one handsomely, but we all are being paid. We all get paid the same amount. Everybody. And, so um, from Rob down to the newest person, everybody gets the same? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And, um, you know, we're all 
kind of in it together is, is, uh, is the, you know, the notion behind that. You know, so it's pretty great, too, because we have the flexibility. I mean, we will be opening an office, but everyone works from home right now. And we found that it works pretty well because people are pretty disciplined about the work. But it's, it's nice. It's like, oh, well, I've got a doctor's appointment at 2, so I'll do that, and then I'll work, you know, later tonight. And I'll just, you know, you don't have to worry about going back and forth to an office. And it, it also allowed uh, Rob and me to travel to Europe this summer. Where I actually got married in Germany. My wife is German. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. But we basically just decided to set up shop there, and some really exciting kind of business things just came out of being there and being exposed to new people and opportunities. And I think that's something you wouldn't necessarily have if everyone were just in New York or, or somewhere else, you know. It's like there's a, just a chance to go out and be inspired by new ideas or you know, see what people are doing in other places. So did you pick up a lot of German crafters that are putting their items on Etsy now? We actually do have a lot of people in Germany. I mean, did that help you being there? I mean, well, it helped us not so much now, but we met some really important people over there who are very excited about Etsy. I see. And um, when we ultimately will be having foreign language versions of the site. Um, wow! How soon will that be? Um, again, it's hard to say. You know, it's definitely on the list. Like, it's something we'll be working on. Um, there's a lot that has to go into it: uh, currency conversion. Well, just uh, the translations. translations, yeah, because you could really yeah. offend people if <laughs> you're not careful. I mean, it, it, it's going to be, it'll be probably sooner than you would think. It, it's Might definitely something. Within the year, you think? or Yeah, I would think. Wow. So. I hope so. Again, I can't say for sure. Once we get the sites going, that's going to be you know, something we'll be moving on pretty quickly. Now, do you guys have to work other jobs? I know I don't make any money off my website, and I've spent tons of money on it, but and it doesn't look nearly as good as short either. <laughs> um, and I actually have not spent tons. I've just spent tons of time. Right. Yeah, I, I'm just curious about, I mean, if this is something where you, know, you have these guys programming wee no, hours no the night, has, and then no they're doing other, been, this is no, the sole focus. This is it. Okay. I mean, we, there would be no time to do anything else and give, you know, give the attention that, that Etsy deserves. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, we did take a, a small round of financing. The nice thing is, is that we're really trying to keep the financing kind of homespun, too. We're not, you know, like, taking millions of dollars and being like, we're going to, like, advertise during the Super Bowl. And, like, right. you know, <laughs> right. we're really doing, like, this is all we really need right now. We don't want to, like, give away big chunks of the company. And, you know, we're, we're trying to keep things small and let the site grow kind of organically and instead of, like, just quickly hiring 30 new people and mm-hmm. busting it out as quickly as we can. So we will be hiring a bunch of people soon. But, you know, basically three more programmers to let, you know, Chris Heim and Jared get a break a little bit <laughs> and Simon and more customer support people. And that's kind of it for now. And then, you know, we also want to grow Etsy too in, in different directions. And, you know, I'd, I'd love personally to see the music category grow, uh, have people submitting recordings they make themselves. I think that's a really cool area we could go into. Oh yeah. There's so much that could be done with Etsy. Um, so there's, there's a lot on the list for sure. But, yeah, so being in Germany was great for that. And uh, we met some important people and kind of lined up some partnerships that down the road when we launched there will be very important. Oh, that's excellent. And where is your home base going to be when you you, you talked about opening an office? Will Brooklyn. I, Brooklyn, okay. Yeah, back in our neighborhood in Brooklyn. Okay, so does that mean that your, all the folks spread out across the country are going to have to move to Brooklyn? Nope. <laughs> well, that's it's awesome. 
That's yeah, awesome. it's probably just going to be uh, me and Rob and um, Emily and some interns, maybe someone else. The idea is more that we have a, a, a meeting place and, and an, an address, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> things that, that you would think, you know, I don't know, <laughs> that I find pretty essential to doing business. Right now it's like mail goes to my old apartment, gets forwarded to one place or another, you know, and we got to step up our game a little bit there. Well, I think it's, I mean, the, the website is just very professional. I mean, you would have no idea, like, by looking at it, that everybody's spread all over the place and that there isn't an office. I mean, you just yeah. look at it and think, just assume, wow, these people, no, well, they're really I mean, everyone's very dedicated and very professional. Yeah. I, I don't think it would, if we were some huge corporation, I don't think it would necessarily work to be spread out like that, you know, because you wouldn't have this vested interest in the company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'd be really easy right now. I could just be like, you know, doing whatever I want, sitting here watching television and not working on the site. Right, right. And no one would know. But, you know, the thing is that we, we all, you know, we're a, a pretty tight team and uh, everyone really believes in what they're doing. And there's, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't mean to sound like cliche or, or, or misty-eyed here, but... I'm really just constantly amazed by Etsy and the people on it, and there's just amazing stories coming from the sellers, and just such like heartwarming uh, ways that they reach out to one another and support one another. And it's, I mean, it, one thing that I've noticed about Etsy is that it's actually inspired a lot of people that I know, and, you know, me and my wife included, to, to make things. Like I really want to, like I wish, in, like my deepest part of my heart that I could just spend my day, like, <laughs> making little things for Etsy <laughs> and selling them there. Yeah, you I'm know. right there with you. I found that once I decided, because I work a full-time job as a newspaper yeah. reporter, and then I, I do this uh, craft sanity on the side, and mm-hmm. I wish the same thing, that I could be able to just make things all the time. So. Yeah. You know, no, my, I, I mean, I think that uh, there's a lot of people like that on Etsy who are the type that, you know, never get bored and have a million ideas and, you know, uh, would would be the people like you know if they could finally quit their day job they wouldn't just sit around they would make amazing things. And, oh yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there are you know there are some sellers now who have quit their day jobs and are supporting themselves just on Etsy. A lot of people too. Etsy has opened up a lot of new opportunities for them. A lot of stores are coming onto the site and being like, oh, wow, this person's stuff is great, and then say, okay, you know, we want to do an order of 200 pieces outside of you know outside of Etsy. So it's, it's also bringing people exposure. Wow. And I think that's been a really valuable thing for a lot of these artists. And so it sounds like you guys want to keep it affordable for all the sellers so they can, Oh, definitely. You know. I mean, we, have, we want, you know, it's a business, so we, we want it to grow and we want it to be successful. But I think that you can find that balance between doing what's fair, supporting the artists. Because, I mean, as I said before, we're all artists in a way and musicians and, uh, we know what it's like, and we want to. We're building a place that we think is cool, and that we want people to think is cool. And it's not going to be like, well, you know, we could charge them an extra ten cents for that picture, but you know, at the end of the day, it's too much of a price to pay for that extra money. Mm-hmm. What has been the most surprising? Ask. I mean, a part of just being part of Etsy. The most surprising. Yeah. Part is there of... anything that surprised you, or is this kind of going? Are you, I don't know if you had expectations of any kind. You know, honestly, I didn't, I knew I, I loved the idea when Rob first told me about it. And I was like, this is a great idea. This is going to be a success. I was amazed by how quickly it became populated with people and by how quickly it's growing and by how much it's growing 
based almost entirely on word of mouth. And, you know, we have press and whatnot, but really the bulk of it is people telling their friends about it, and that's, you know, that's the best way a business can grow, as far as I'm concerned. And it's, you know, it's, and also just how many people are really thankful for Etsy or, you know, for doors that it's opened up to them or confident it's, it's given them or, you know, a chance to meet other artists, exchange ideas. And that's, that's kind of the most exciting part for me, I think, in many ways, is just watching how people are inspired by one another and what ideas they can get from looking at other people's arts or getting help. There was one story that, that comes to mind. You mentioned before how interesting it is that you've got all these people of different ages and you know, ethnic backgrounds and you know, all around the world coming together on Etsy. We have something called a mentoring program mm-hmm. where more established sellers can help out people who are new or, or, or old but just have questions. You know, by old, I mean been on the site for a while. Mm-hmm. And I got an email from one mentor who had been contacted by an older woman who had just come on the computer for the first time, like just was learning about the Internet. And, you know, someone had told her about Etsy, and she had no idea how to do anything on a computer. So the young mentor helped this woman set up her shop, take digital photographs, set up her PayPal and all that, and they kind of struck up a friendship. Um, it turns out that they both, you know, did a certain kind of art, and the woman who was the, the older woman, you know, was like, oh, you know, I've been doing this for about 50 years, and I can really, like, help you with this. Like, you should try doing this kind of stitch when mm-hmm. you're doing that and that and that. And so it was really cool to me that because it was like they were both mentoring each other in a way, one person in, um, you know, like technological things and the right. other in, just in their art. And I, I think that's kind of a, an amazing thing about Etsy right there. Well, that's beautiful. How you can have these people coming together and, you know, different generations sharing ideas and getting along. And I, I don't think anywhere else you would have had the, the kind of hipster crafters and the, the grandma crafters, as we sometimes call them, coming together and getting along like they do. And it's, it's really cool. What it also does is it allows people to maintain the integrity of their work. If they don't want to, they don't have to seek out uh, 200 orders from a particular store. They can just make what they want, put it online very mm-hmm. cheaply, and have the exposure, global exposure, Pretty much instantly, and mm-hmm. that is just amazing. I don't know if there've been offers already from maybe bigger companies saying, "Hey, you know, we'll buy you guys out and we turn this into this big, like eBay type thing." What are you guys doing to try to insulate yourselves and 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 stay focused on what your vision is for this website? Well, right now, I mean, yes, there are certainly people sniffing around and interested in that. We're working pretty heads down right now, and. Uh, just trying to make it Etsy be the best that it can be and just get in, you know, the very basic improvements it needs that might not be obvious to, you know, people on first look. But there's uh, Rob's done new designs that have kind of reconfigured stores that allow for larger product images and are easier to maintain by the users. Lots of little things that are going to make huge improvements to Etsy. So I think right now it's, it's just grow. And I, I think as we've grown, the quality of the work has gotten very high. And that's you know, something that's important, I think, that people are also taking more time to photograph things well and present them well. And I think this we've just kind of touched the surface of, of what this site has to offer and of the people who are out there making stuff. And I think right now our priority is just to make a great marketplace for them and, you know, also make 
a place for people who don't make things or who are interested in just being consumers to find the like unique gifts and the best possible things anywhere. And that's uh, that's kind of our priority right now. And what advice do you have for people who are listening who make things but they maybe have never, you know, they haven't signed up for anything? What do you need to be able to participate in this? To participate in this, you need an Internet connection and access to a digital camera or a still camera and a scanner. But pretty much it. It costs nothing to join. You get a store when you sign up. It's completely free. But then $0.10 cents to list an item right now, going up to $0.25 cents once the new version is completed. That's basically it. I mean, you know, there's, there's lots of resources on the site to help you in the forum uh, by contacting a mentor, just by reaching out and asking for help. You'd probably be amazed at, at how many people will, will come to to assist you. Um, but, yeah, that's all you really need to do. And just, yeah, it's uh, you sign up. You know you need a valid credit card, too. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's it. As far as transactions go, it looks like you have capabilities to take credit cards and PayPal and all that. But is it up to mm-hmm. you guys don't handle money at all? We, we don't handle the payments. We're like eBay in that sense. Uh, the customer service stuff, I mean, as far as getting products to customers. Yeah, we don't handle the order system. It's up to the individual seller. But we have a feedback system like eBay. People have very highly coveted feedback scores. And, you know, there's very few instances of, of fraud on the site right now. And that's something that we take very seriously. But, again, because I think that there is this kind of, you know, heartfelt and uh, kind of human quality to Etsy, you really have... A lot of good people here watching out for each other, and uh, it's pretty easy, and there's very few people who uh, are trying to you know, scam people on the site. So it's nice. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously there are people, um, some jerks that surface um, anywhere, but um, it, it, this is, seems to be a, a community of very caring people who want to not only promote their own handmade goods, but each other's. I mean, I think crafters seem to be the probably most of your your customers are people that make things themselves, too, because I know we tend to like and seek out other people's mm-hmm. goods as well. So it's really interesting. Now, as far as the future of the site, it sounds like people can just expect it's just going to get bigger, it sounds like, as far as the features and so forth. Yep. We're going to, obviously, yeah, we, we, we grow every day. We're going to also be expanding geographically at some point. But we also hope to do things like making each category a featured section. So you could go to jewelry.etsy.com, and we, that way we can profile more users. Uh, we can, you know, bring up more items from the shop because we really are trying to, you know, there's, there's so much stuff on there that we want to come up with as many ways as possible to, to bring it up so people can see it easily. So, you know, hence the sampler or the time machine. In the future, each category, as I said, will have a front page with featured items just from that category, featured sellers in that category. So it's going to grow, but it's also going to just keep improving, too. I notice that you also feature sellers, and you have, like, little kind of, like, mini interviews. And mm-hmm. who does those? Uh, I do those. Okay, so you just kind of do a by email or instant messaging? Yeah, or? I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same questions all the time. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, what we do is we actually talk together and, you know, someone will say, you know, I think that this person would make a great featured seller. They're, they're doing cool stuff and, you know, then I'll contact them and set it up and get pictures of their, have them send pictures of their shop and whatnot. Okay. And I, I like that feature. This, I mean, there's, there's so many people that are interesting that I would love to feature. 
Yeah, I know there's going to be tons of show ideas um, off your website of like people to feature because I mean, there's it's endless. I mean, how many? I don't even know how many people you have registered right now. I don't know if there's a way to see that on the site here. Well, we have there's about ninety thousand registered users of Etsy right okay, now. Okay, and how many of those are sellers? Do you know? Twenty about twenty three thousand. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's um, twenty three so thousand yeah, stories and, basically. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, it's so hard to, to pick the featured people because, there's, there's, like I said, there's so many people that, you know, are deserving of being that. And we also try to get a, a range of, of people to a range of different categories. And so, again, when, when we're able to have the kind of separate portals, you know, in each category, we, forget, we hope to have featured sellers in all of those, too, so we can increase the featured sellers a lot. Do you ever see Etsy, like, spinning off some kind of publication based on – the people that, you know, all these stories you have? I mean, because it's like a goldmine of stories. You know? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I just had to uh, write some profiles for a potential television thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I was just amazed. I would just post it in the forums and ask people to, you know, kind of share their stories with me. And they're amazing. Uh, you know, I don't know. We've never talked about a publication. That's kind of a fun idea. I'm hoping that the community grows and, you know, the street team is something that right now is, I mean, it's very active, but it's something that can be helped a lot when we have the time to really build the section properly and have the... Right now, I have to update all the content in each individual team myself. So we're going to have a way that the users can moderate and help them meet up offline. So I'm hoping one day there'll be kind of little, like, Etsy group chapters in universities or off-town where they could have newsletters. And Because when the street teams do get together, they really seem to enjoy meeting each other in person and sharing ideas. And for those who don't know, what, what is an Etsy street team? Uh, essentially, it's just a, a group of Etsy sellers that are sorted out geographically right now. So each state, there's you know, several teams. We've got teams all over Europe. And we have an internal email program called Conversations. We have for each street team a group one. So you can send out messages to everyone on your team in your area, let them know about upcoming fairs. Uh, we offer discounts to members of, of street teams who get together to sell at a craft fair. So not a discount, a, a subsidy. So let's say three people from the Chicago team wanted to rent a booth at the Renegade Craft Fair. They could contact us, and we would, you know, give a couple, you know, whatever we could to help them pay for that. Wow, that's really great. Yeah. So wow, that's, that's fantastic. You know, just that's it's basically the idea is to encourage people to get together and talk and network, and that's it. So that's what the street teams are now. I, I think that they definitely grow a lot. We now have kind of groups starting that are not dependent on geography at all. So we have an Etsy dark artist, and they could do kind of you know goth or Victorian. Art. And they, it could be painting, it could be jewelry, it could be clothing, whatever. But it's a kind of like-minded people getting together. And we have a few more of those groups starting. And so, you know, we're, we're going to actually have a new kind of community area of the site in the months to come as soon as the build is done. That's going to consolidate all these programs into one place and make it a lot easier for teams to communicate with one another. Wow. Well, I, I feel like this, there's, the synapses in my brain are like amazing <laughs> right now. Because it's like when you think about all the possibilities, and I know that, I mean, this has got to be, I mean, what is this like to work? I mean, this is your job. I mean, you're immersed in this every day. I mean, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, I really love it. It's also, yeah, I, I think about it constantly. I, I went bike riding early this morning, and all I could think about was like, okay, we could do this, and we could put that there, and do that. I mean, there's so many things you can do, and we have an internal wiki uh, for the Etsy employees where people can just like put up what they're working on, any news, things like that, and all of us have access to it to comment on it or read it or edit it. And 
like pages and pages of ideas from everybody like, oh, we should do this and we should do that. And yeah, like we should do all of those things. It's just, yeah, it's pretty overwhelming. So how do you guys decide what to focus on? Because, I mean, if all these creative people are involved and you have all these ideas and you have to try to figure out like, okay, because you guys, I mean, obviously the, the finished product here is, I mean, it's, it, you guys are really disciplined because you've accomplished it. It looks fantastic and people love it. So you're, you've achieved that success, and now how, going from this point, do you kind of keep your own enthusiasm? Like, you got to stay focused and not be, you know, too, like, pie in the sky. How do you select the next idea to focus on? A lot of it comes down to just what we have resources for right now in terms of there's only really three or four people programming, Chris Heim and Jared and Simon, and, you know, they can only do so much. So there's a lot of kind of like, well, you know, we would love to have that, but that's got to be you know, post version two or that's on the back burner. And you understand that. And I think we've also, because we already have so much going on, just the work we've created for ourselves keeps us so busy just keeping up with the site as it is now that you certainly never get bored. It's like you have these ideas, you put them in there. And a lot of times, you know, you just take initiative on your own too and be like, well, I can't have this street team site the way that I want it right now and the way that it's going to be, but I'm going to build this temporary home you know, these profile pages for the team, myself, by hand, like no, using the HTML that I know. It's just so that we have a placeholder for it, and, and that's what we do. Wow. Well, it sounds like you guys are going to be into retirement, <laughs> going <laughs> with these ideas, because it seems like there's no end to where this could, I mean, the, the possibilities are amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really, it is really exciting, and, it, and it's fun. I think if it weren't fun, and, you know, and again, I said it's, it's a real luxury to be able to, have the flexibility and to you know work from home if you have to. I think having an office will be great, but it's, again, it's, it's I don't think it's ever going to be a conventional company in like the sense like you know workers will report at nine and punch in and you know do all this. I think everyone's still going to kind of be where they are, but we're going to have a place where we can meet and you know it, it'll be helpful for kind of the day-to-day business of things. So. Well, yeah, you want you don't want to make it too regimented because that's creative people thrive on having that freedom, too, you know. Yeah, I think that's the way Etsy's always going to be. I think that's the way that Robin is completely, and I think of of all the people, he'll probably be the... (laughs) We'll see. Oh, you're saying he's going to be the least likely to come in at 9 and work till 5? Or or, or the least likely to ever come in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, you know what? Obviously, it's working for him, you know. Yeah, and yeah, at some point I hope to to speak to Rob. Um, you know, well, as you guys make changes and updates, um, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, please keep me informed. You know, because I definitely I, will. I'll, I'll, he's hard to pin down these days. He's in Boston and route to Brooklyn today. Then he'll be up here for a week. Then with Etsy, and then I think last I heard was Savannah, Georgia. So, <laughs> so what is he doing? Is he doing promotional stuff? No, he is just working, but. I think he doesn't really know where he wants to be. Like, Oh, so he's trying to find a place to dwell? Yeah, I mean, he just basically goes and sets up shops for a week or two here or there. And, you know, he was visiting his girlfriend out in Portland for a couple of weeks and working. So he works, you know, he works regular days. but Just wherever he is. You don't really necessarily know where he's going to be. Well, so where did the name Etsy come from? Uh, there's really not a, an exciting story behind it. I should probably keep it a mystery because I, all the users like to speculate what it means. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I will say that there's not a fascinating story behind it. There's, <laughs> but but that's what makes it fascinating is the fact that's that you won't tell. Yeah, that's my that's my enigmatic clue for you. What else do you want people to know 
about Etsy? Well, let's see, God, I feel like I've said a lot. <laughs> um, I think it's probably, if you're a maker or a consumer of things that are special, non-mass produced, if you understand what is great about things like that, then this is definitely a good place for you to be. Um, we're really sincere, and we work really hard, and we're very proud of, of what Etsy is and what it will be. And what do you think it will be in 10 years? Um, eBay? No. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I would dream of it to be something that actually has some sort of social impact. I think people are disillusioned with these kind of like carbon copy, mass-produced, disposable things that they're being shoved down their throat everywhere they go. You know, I always notice this touring. Like, you could be at a mall in any state and it would be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't know where you were. You know, right. the same crappy restaurants, the same like the Gap and the Target or the Walmart or whatever. And it's just... You know, like, n nothing really has any value in a way to you. And I think that with Etsy, there's a little bit of that return to the time where you could, you know, buy your bread from the baker or, or your meat from the butcher, and it's, you had a personal relationship with the people who, you know, do your things. And, uh, you know, I would love to see that as part of a kind of global trend away from this exploitive labor and disposable things and, you know, and take it back to a time where, you know, people, like, relied on artisans. And uh, I just think it makes things a lot more special. And I, I think environmentally, there's a lot to be said for buying from these people. You know, you're not buying from a huge factory or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And you're supporting individuals. Anyway, that's what I would like to see. I'd love to see that grow. I'd love to see that be a common occurrence in people's lives. You know, I noticed on, on the website, a lot of people, the prices for some of these items, I mean, I'm like, wow, it's only $8, or wow, it's only $20. I have looms and spinning wheels, and all, you know, I've, mm -hmm. I've made things, and I know how many hours can go into making a, a blanket, or, you know, how many, and then you see the prices, and a lot of the people, I mean, they're pricing the items to sell. It'd be great if people yeah. would appreciate the true value and the hours that went into it, and people I, would, you I, know, I pay the money completely. for it. Yeah. I, think, I think that's an important uh, it's a challenge that we have, and, uh, you know, I, I wish that people would raise their prices. I mean, I know when I had a, a screen printing business, like, the amount of work that goes into those things, you know, and there's so many little variables that can go wrong, and it's just it's so much work. And if I'm doing alchemy requests or anything like that, I always try to price what I think is fair. Mm -hmm. um, I think we will see that, that happening as, as the marketplace grows, and, you know, as, as people become more successful, they'll raise their prices. You know, it is a hard challenge because people want things to sell and they're so excited to sell. And so many people are not really used to making a living from doing this. That is just more of a passion. They're willing to let it go for less. I'd like to see it, uh, you know, kind of site-wide. I would love it if everyone was like, okay, we're going to raise everything by a dollar today, you know. Right, <laughs> not right. so we could make more money on a commission. But so people would really value their, you know, I think for at least, you know, price the things what they're worth. You know, does that right. make any sense? Right. Well, and and it's a great. I mean, obviously, this is good. I mean, I guess it gets people in the door. I mean, to have reasonable prices too, and gets them mm -hmm. to to look at these things and consider them to, as purchases for their homes or for gifts for other people. But it'll be interesting to see where that trend goes in the next uh, five to ten years. If if people, if mainstream America is willing to step away from the big box stores and mm -hmm. buying, you know, a plush toy made somewhere overseas by someone who's not being paid enough and is willing to, you know, instead seek out a handmade plush toy made, you know, by some someone in Portland who just loves yeah. to make things. So, yeah, it'll be really great to see what happens. Well, well I, I think if they know about it, they will. I mean, my, my mother now, 
is shopping on Etsy and loves it, you know? And it, it's like, <laughs> she would never have, have dreamed of that, probably. I would never have dreamed of her doing anything online, but it is happening, and I think if people know about it, you know, every time I show Etsy to someone, they're like, oh my God, there's, there's such amazing stuff on here. And I think it's just waiting to be discovered. So, you know, the more people that discover it, the more, you know, it'll happen. Well, it sounds like you guys have gotten some fabulous mainstream press, too. So Yeah, we've got, we've got some more stuff lined up, so we hope it'll pay off. Yeah, well, I'm sure it will, and you guys are working hard in the meantime and pretty much doing everything you can to make this thing successful. So it's it's inspiring just to oh. hear hear the story and, and to see all the, the interesting people who are posting things on the site. Do you guys have tons of investors? Uh, we don't, actually. We just have a few. To get this whole thing started, I mean, how much capital did it actually take? Well, I would say, I don't, I don't know the exact number. Um, I think that they had an initial investment of $50,000, to start IOSpace, which was the company that built Etsy, but is now folded, and Etsy is just the company. Okay. Um, and that, you know, was the money to build Get Crafty, and I guess they lived off the rest of that money to build Etsy. Okay. And so they went a long time without money. And then to the uh, investors, um, you just pay them out of the profits then? Is that how they get their returns, or are they just kind of in for the long haul? It's, a, it's definitely a, a long-haul investment. Um, yeah, that's eventually how it will happen. Um, okay, because right now no one's get, they're not profiting. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah. we're just we're just paying workers off the. I mean, we have money that comes in and it it goes into the general fund, but it you know obviously we spend more than we make. Yeah, and I guess the reason I'm, I'm asking about this is I think a lot of people have these dreams of like, oh, you know, I would do this if I had the funds, and and I think people think that. It takes millions of dollars sometimes, you know, but it's, yeah. I mean, 50000 is within range, you know, what they started with their first company, and then um, you get this really cool idea, and it can happen. Yeah, it definitely can. I mean, you know, it's, I think you have to be willing to not have a lot of money for a while, but I think the cool thing about Etsy is, unlike a lot of web 2.0 companies, it actually has a real revenue model that's probably going to be profitable in the next six months, you know. That's pretty exciting, you know, we're building a real business that could actually sustain itself. Well, it's definitely something to be proud of. Well, I wish you guys all continued success and, and all the luck in the world. Cause I, well, of course, I don't think you guys need any luck because you know what to do, everything. You're, you're... We just need more hours in a day. Yeah, I hear you. I could do it with an eighth day of the week, too. Yeah. Well, and I think what I'm going to do is I need to get involved in Etsy, so I'm going to I'm gonna do that. I have yeah, a bunch you, de of stuff you definitely that I... should. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate all your time today, Matt. No, no problem. Well, thanks to Matthew Stitchcomb for giving us the inside scoop and sharing the story of Etsy and a little bit about the hardworking folks that have brought it to life. It sounds like a good cause to support, and I know I plan to get involved soon. Speaking of worthwhile causes, I'm glad some of you folks out there think this Craft Sanity podcast is a worthwhile cause. Thank you to Sarah and Carrie for your support this week. I really appreciate that. And one more reminder that Monday, October 2nd, is the deadline to enter the drawing to win a copy of Melinda Barta's Hip to Stitch book. I interviewed her last week for the podcast, and we're giving away two copies of her book. So all you have to do is take a picture of your last stitching project or something in progress and email it to me, jennifer at craftsanity.com, and I'll get you in the drawing. Abby's going to pick names, and we will announce the winners next week and we'll post all the photos of things you're working on on the website so i invite you to participate good luck we're not picking the best piece in our mind i mean because i really enjoyed seeing everybody's work and i i think that's a kind of a roadblock sometimes when you think you're going to be judged it's just think of it as show and tell and uh i want to have lots of photos to post 
So if you've been hesitating or you haven't gotten around to it, do it, you know, and put, get out there and you never know. You might be one of the lucky winners. So good luck, everyone, and email those pictures to me by Monday, October 2nd, and you can get in the drawing. And thank you to all of you who wrote. You know, I kind of you know, went off on a Dr. Seuss tangent at the end of my last show, <laughs> making reference to the book, Oh, the Places You'll Go, as I'm trying to transition in the next phase of my life to figure out how to do more creative things and live a more authentic life. So thank you for your support. I really do appreciate it. Well, you know what? I've done enough talking, way too much, actually. And I want to wish you all a happy, wonderful week. And I will be back here next week with another exciting show. I've had the most fabulous interviews lately. And guess what? My carrot, after I get done with this podcast, I'm going to look at my special preview issue of the new Craft magazine. I love it. And actually, I'll be bringing you a talk with Natalie Z, one of the editors over there. And we're going to talk about Craft. The magazine came today, and I'm so excited. Can't wait to read it. And so I better hurry up and get done with this podcast so I can go read it. So, um, okay, you have a great week. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guest and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.